and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. And they stay there. In the kitchen, on the stove, water getting bored, being slow, snooping, system overload. I've been running this rap game since I was 20 years old. I hung with the worst of them, bust to my first of them, floss them up, toss them up, harder one, cross them up. Pardon me, I'm most enough, pressure up, pressure, bro, don't mess with us. Full disclosure, I think I messed this one up. I, I knew she was working on this, and it still got me. Yeah. It gets me every time. Well, it just kind of feels good when you're a Suns fan. And you... Okay, here we go. Come on now. It's fitting. Just do it, folks. Oh, yeah. And they're going to stop. Oh, yeah. See? I totally messed this one up. You did mess it up. (laughs) I'm going to go out to my computer where I do prep, and then I'm going to redeem myself. Well, here. I think we all got it, though. I think we got it. But it's better when Luca misses that last shot. Yeah, that's everything's better when Luca misses a shot. Look, to be clear, <laughs> I couldn't get a printer to work for like 20 minutes this morning, and okay. Wolf was doing like a science fair project with his like styrofoam planets. I don't even know what you were working on. It was just so weird right now, honestly. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm not an IT guy. Uh, I, I'm really not a dude that ought to be walking around in office in any way, shape, or form. Uh, maybe to get some coffee or something like that, but suddenly I... Where, where are scissors? Do we have scissors here? And do I have any scotch tape? Is there any scotch tape. <laughs> you know what I'm doing. I'm cutting something out to paste on another. Don't worry about the details. Oh, I still don't difference. know what you were doing. All I know is is everything I tried to print was faxing to like 1994. <laughs> and then every five minutes, Wolf came out and he's like, uh, does anybody have magic markers? Does anybody have um, glue? I, listen to this, Luke. I have not asked for scissors and scotch tape. Here Since at the kindergarten? <laughs> I, I've been here a long time, man. <laughs> you know, almost, uh, well, I, I want to say what, 17 years? Is it 17 years? And I think that is maybe the second time I've asked for a pair of scissors. I don't know how Maloney puts up with us, to be honest. Yes. Like, this is the chaos yes, before brutal. the show. Anyway, the uh, the important thing here is that the Phoenix Suns beat the Dallas Mavericks yesterday. <laughs> Try this again, guys, okay? okay? We can't start the Monday off like that. All I do is win. Here's a okay. bounce pass from Durant to Ish Wainwright. KD gets it back with seven to shoot. Penetrates with a left-hand dribble. Stops from 15 and knocks it down on the left side. What a big shot for KD to put the Suns up two. And they stay there. Yeah. And they Feels good, Basinoni. He's got a Kogi defending him. Starts to drive to his left, spins to his right, into the lane, gives a Kogi a shove, misses the shot, rebound Durant, down to three seconds left. He's fouled by Luca. That's the money cut. 
Rumor. There's like five money cuts from that game. Doncic okay. gets the inbounds pass. Throws up a three. It's no good. Off the board. Rebound gets batted over to him, and that'll do it. And they stay there. Oh, yeah. That's another one. Here we go. Boy, where was this song back when I Suns was playing? Win. 130, 126, the final score in Dallas. I don't think I can hear this song now without John Bloom and Al McCoy mixed into it. What a beautiful thing it was on a Monday. The Phoenix Suns are 3 and 0 with KD. It's actually it. fitting here. Yeah, you know, I said it when we first made the trade, and, you know, he. He's somebody that's a plug-in player. You can put him in any environment, any offense, any set, and, you know, he's going to be efficient. And they stay there. <laughs> and they stay That's the mild way of putting it. Yes. I'm getting a lot of looks from the newsroom, ladies and gentlemen. They gave up on us a while ago. Um, it feels good on a Monday, does it not? Ron Wolfley reporting the Wolf and Luke Show broadcasting. Ever since you were making paper mache toys out in the newsroom earlier today, they're, they're I had a, I had a craft project I was working on this morning. It was really it's weird. It's funny because Aaron was trying to work on something important, probably that. <laughs> you kept coming out asking for stuff, and I kept breaking things. I know, the multitask. So here we are, the Phoenix Sun. 3-0 in the Kevin Durant era, Wolf, but the game yesterday felt different. The win over Charlotte, that was fun. Okay, hey, look, we have KD. Look what he can do. The win over Chicago, that was fun. Hey, look, we have KD. Look what he can do. The win yesterday felt like, okay, Dallas, you feel like you have the Suns figured out, and the Suns just changed. So yes. you don't have the Suns figured out anymore. Now, I'm not saying the Suns have Dallas figured out. That was a close game. I'm just saying Dallas does not have the Suns figured out anymore. And how could you? Because the Suns look a lot different now. Yeah, they look a lot different. And you could just tell the, the Mavericks wanted to win that game badly. They were They were desperate to win that game. And what I loved about it was... So were the Suns. Mm-hmm. The Suns were desperate to win that game as well. And I love the fact that it was a close game. I love the fact that it came down to the wire. And I love the fact the Sun stars shine brighter than the Maverick stars. Boy, there was a lot That's of star power. There was to it. A lot of star power. But in the end, it was the Suns. That won the game in the Mavericks, that supernova. Well, and let's not pretend that the Suns didn't win the game because Kevin Durant. I mean, the guy hits his free throws. The guy hits big shots late. The guy just doesn't really miss a lot of shots. He, what did he make, like his first six or seven shots yesterday? And it again, it's the way he does it, you are shocked when he misses a shot, right? I mean, because the, the shots he makes are so just solid. They're just, there's never any doubt. They don't bounce around the rim and fall in and, oh, okay, I had to get tipped in. Doesn't even touch the net. It's just right in. And it's that way 70% of the time since he joined the Suns, he's hitting about 70% of his shots. It's just an incredible game overall. And again, to see it come down to the end, 14 lead changes, I believe, Basin Orleans, 14 lead changes in the game. And it was just awesome to watch. The The Mavericks, of course, have had the Suns number. We know that. And it felt like yesterday and what they were able to do, especially in the last three minutes with KD scoring seven points in the last three minutes. Very interesting, is it not? Yet watching him do that, it just felt like this house is clean. (laughs) Well, and they kept doing it. 
Like KD would go out and hit. Kevin Durant has eight points in a row, and then Booker would have ten points in a row, and then KD would have like six points in a row, and then Booker would have seven. Like they just kept going on runs. Which I know Dallas gave up defense, and when they made that trade for for Kyrie, some of the pieces they gave up. But it, it that's kind of what you would expect, right? Isn't isn't that what it looks like when you can't cover both of them? Okay, well we can't cover Devin Booker. Well then KD's going to go off. All right, we got to shift our focus to KD. Well then Booker's going to yeah, go off. Yeah, that was still a close game. They the Suns. What that game was a reminder of yesterday is they're going to need other guys to hit shots, too, <laughs> right. in the playoffs. It's like, Wayne Wright. He, it, well, it started hitting, and they started winning. Josh Okoge. Chris Paul. Josh Okoge could not hit a shot I, in the first I, half. I know. And he had a million shot attempts, it I felt know. like. Oh Yeah, I know. You're right about that. Chris Paul with a couple of huge threes again late. And boy, if 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 it's going to be a game, if there's something that another team is going to do to the Phoenix Suns, it's going to be make Chris shoot, right? Yeah. It's get especially a three. Make him shoot the three. That's what I think they're going to do. He's hit a couple in the last two games. He's hit a couple of of threes last three games really late that have helped the Suns win these games as well. It's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how this develops going forward right now, but the Phoenix Suns 3 and 0 with Kevin Durant as well. 3 and 0 with a win over Dallas and what was at the first 3 meetings this season, Dallas won two of them. The Suns won the first one, but remember they were down 25 at halftime. So it wasn't the most confidence-inspiring performance. It was a nice comeback. But then when you couple that with the way last season ended with two blowout losses to Dallas, yeah. it really felt like over a 10-month span, Dallas had, had had the Suns' number. And now, all of a sudden, you're 2-2 two and two against them. Dallas is in the play-in tournament right now. It's going to change back and forth. But you talk about teams wanting to win that game. Dallas needed to win that game. Now they're in a play-in with New Orleans yeah. and, what, the Clippers now and possibly the Lakers. Like, they don't want to be down there. That's that's where they are right now. Yeah, and right now the Dallas Mavericks are 2-5 and five with Luka and Kyrie playing. And the Suns are 3-0 and with KD. And I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, win lower-level tickets to see Kevin Durant's first home game as a Sun. Text KD to 620-620 and in for your chance to win lower-level tickets to see the Suns play the Thunder this Wednesday. And you're also going to get two Kevin Durant jerseys. That's KD to 620-620. A lot of Suns talk today, but when we come back, how does the top of the NFL draft change following the Combine? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, that was an eventful start to the show. I feel better, though, Wolf. I walked out in the newsroom. Jared Carlin can't print easy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so the printing thing and the fact you couldn't print really bothered me this morning. Well, it, it it did. I have a history with printers. I think this is the one time it maybe wasn't my fault, but now I just walked out there and Jared can't print either. So if it was, I feel even better about it, to be honest. So weird. Um, many times, if you open your ears, Basinonians, in the workplace, you'll hear people walking around mumbling something about not being able to do something if you just listen it's weird Luke you're walking around basically telling me you're saying to yourself I can't print you ever see office space I can't print I can't print that bothered me I almost hand wrote everything you you ever (laughs) seen office space where they take the printer out to the field and they just beat it with a bat no, oh. no, I have not seen that. <laughs> it's one of the most famous scenes. In I know, I'm cinema. so for, sorry. For a reason, though, because <laughs> printers just suck. All right, now, 
Uh, Over to football here for a second. There's going to be a lot of basketball on the show today. But but how about this? We talked about this a little bit last week. What if a quarterback just takes off at the combine that isn't C.J. Stroud and isn't Bryce Young? Right. That that would be that would be great for the Cardinals. Let's say C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young go one two. They're probably going to go one two almost no matter what. Whatever order you want to put them in. If either the Bears are going to take Will Anderson, they're going to trade that pick, and it's going to be two quarterbacks. Yeah. But if you want the Cardinals to have options to trade, you need the Bears to just take Will Anderson, or you need another quarterback to shoot up draft boards. And it seems like Anthony Richardson (laughs) might have just done that. Now, does that shoot him to three? Probably not. Except the Colts are sitting there at four. And you know they want a quarterback. So if a team's out there and like, boy, we need a quarterback. If Carolina's like, we need a quarterback. And Anthony Richardson yes. looks really good. Yeah. You're going to have to trade up to three to get him, Carolina. Well, what you're hoping for right now is the Indianapolis Colts absolutely fall in love with Anthony Richardson right now. Because they know. There it is. The three hole. Oh, we're, we're good. The Cardinals don't need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. They're not going to draft Anthony Richardson. We are good right now sitting where we are. <laughs> Wait a minute, though. You know what? <laughs> exactly. If, in fact, those two quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud and, and Bryce Young, they go one and two, if that happens, yeah, now all of a sudden you've got a problem. And it is good for the Arizona Cardinals that somebody might jump up to number three to get Anthony Richards, if, if that, Richardson, if that's what they want to do. But to me... um, you know, I, I I don't know if that's going to happen uh, because the combine, beware, Basinonians, the combine is a joke compared to what it used to be. It you don't is, think it has the same impact on it teams? It does not have the same impact I mean, that's probably better, teams. but in this case... Maybe I've, joke is a little strong of a word to use right there, but it does not have the same impact. Yeah. This is what's very interesting about what's going on in the NFL. Not only did I think the pendulum was sliding all the way, all the way over here to the new age offense, and everyone's going to be running the spread. And guess what? You really don't need football players for that. You need athletes. That's what you, guess what? Now it's coming back. And it, the, the combine always has, it always has been a, a bit of a showpiece. Where you're waving around athletes, basically, look, everybody, look at this. And yes, many scouts, even back in the grizzled days of the game of football, near the turn of the century, even back then, they would get swayed by what they'd see in Indianapolis. Now, all of a sudden, they're going back to the tape a whole lot more than what they see there. I see, I, and, and I, I, that's, in my opinion, the better way to do it. I just wish everybody would hold off for one more year, right? Look, it's in Indianapolis. Can we can we just call the Colts? Let's get them on the air. We've done this before. Just call the Colts. Hey, look, the combine was in your city. Did you see Anthony Richardson? Don't you really want him? And if you do really want him, can you let that be known to the rest of yeah. the league so Carolina jumps in front of you and takes him? Here's uh, Jordan. There's going to be a team that will do it, though. You watch. Well, there's there all, will be a team that te- falls teams in love with Teams only get more desperate for a quarterback between now and the draft, and that potentially really works in the Cardinals' favor. Here's Jordan Reed Friday talking about Anthony Richardson. He shows himself a ton. And, you know, just watching Anthony's film throughout the year, if you just look at his stats on the sheet of paper, you're not going to be impressed. Um, 53% completion percentage is not very accurate. But once you dive into the tape, you really start to recognize some of the traits that he does have. He has a very strong arm. We've all seen the athleticism on tape. But now him coming out and running 4 4 
at 244 pounds at six foot four and a half, that is really, really impressive. Now you're talking about comparisons to guys like Dante Culpepper and then also Cam Newton. So it's been absolutely big for him. And him going out and doing every single thing at the combine while some other guys side out of some stuff, scouts are going to really love that he came up here and competed. Hey, everybody, <laughs> just don't pay attention to what he actually does on the football field, please. Just look at that just 4440. Listen, listen. But that's the way the league's been for 10 years. Yes, I know, but it's swing. It is coming back. You trust me on this. It is. It's one of the reasons why you, you don't get a bunch of coaches that are being sent to the combine anymore, the way that it always was, because you wanted those coaches to see them up close and personal. And it just, if you look at uh, danger, Will Robinson, danger, Google it, my young crocs. Uh, this is just to hear that right there, you know what? Hey, listen, his traits. When you look at his traits, yeah, this guy, he's got a ton of traits. There's no denying he's 6'4, 244 pounds, and he's running a sub 4'4. Four four. I, I, what? Um, I don't believe that. I, I believe it if I saw it with my own eyes, maybe. But this guy, yeah, he's got all the talent in the world. Um, there's just one problem. He, Sometimes struggles to play quarterback. <laughs> yeah, the, do, do you understand the fifty-three percent completion percentage? It's a little bit of a knock, but I'm hoping teams just look past that and overreact. <laughs> Somebody move up to number three to it's get Anthony incredible. Richardson. It's truly incredible right now. It is. Or how about this? Somebody take. Somebody draft a player that is not named Will Anderson. Draft him at number one, and then you're still sitting in the cap. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, if teams don't want to trade up, then that's fine. Then I'll just take Will Anderson. I mean, I feel like we're you and I are now both on this page. You've you've pulled me into this where I want the Cardinals to trade the number three pick and also draft Will Anderson with a number three pick, which I'm pretty sure is illegal to do both things. But Will Anderson, there'd be some screaming if that. Happened. <laughs> it would be the exact opposite of the year where the Vikings like forgot to make their pick. The Cardinals would just make two picks. This is Will Anderson uh, from CBS Sports HQ at the combine, and Will Anderson. Look, he put everything on tape already. He showed up pretty well at the combine and what he took uh, took part in. Representing my family and representing, you know, whatever organization I, I'm in, that's the most important thing to me. And, you know, I never want to do anything to make anybody that I'm representing look bad. And I don't want to make myself look bad. So, and my mom always told me, like, as much as, you know, you work for it, it can be taken from you. You know, so um, I always have to stay humble. She always keeps me grounded. You know, I talk to her every day at 10 a.m. And that's kind of how I get my day started. And, you know, she makes sure I'm good and everything like that. But my parents did an excellent job of raising me. <laughs> Mr. Perfect! <laughs> um, you know, I'm thinking right here, uh, 10 a.m. I talk to my mom every day at 10, 10 a.m. That is, that is, um, that's how I start my day. Is you're starting your day at 10 a.m.? Did I talk to you about that? No. First of all, you're missing the start of the Wolf and Luke show. <laughs> that was, that was good right there. Um, you know, that, that happens. That happens. Uh, one of the things I respect and love about my older brother, Craig, ladies and gentlemen, Derry, of course, that's what we call him in the Wu Fang clan. But my older brother, Craig, he calls my mom every night, calls my mom every night. And sometimes it literally is a 10 second phone call. Just checking in on my mom every night. Hey, Hoop, how you doing? You good? Okay, good. Love you. Boom. Hangs up. It's <laughs> a good That's it. pattern to be in. It's, I just think it's kind of cool right there. And then to, to listen to Will Anderson say he starts his day that way. Every on 10 o'clock, a little late, but he starts his day that way. I think that's kind of cool. Maybe he meant 10 Eastern. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which, right. Wait, that doesn't help. Uh, all right, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, Dave Pash called the Suns win over the Mavericks yesterday. So what stood out to him? We're going to ask the ESPN broadcaster next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke on a Monday morning. And it was just a regular season game yesterday, but it felt like a lot more than that. I think probably to both teams. Both teams certainly reacted that way. Dave Pash was on the call, and he joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Dave, thanks for the time as always. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. I hope uh, Wolf is, is eating a little crow today. <laughs> Why do you say that, David? Why do you start there, my brother? Wolf, you and I sitting in the press box at State Farm Stadium during Cardinals training camp talking about the merits of getting Kevin Durant, and you saw it yesterday. I have always recanted, David. I, know, I have yeah. recanted. Of course, you I just know, wanted brother. to shove just, it in my face. I love to stick it to you when I can. You don't return my text or anything. We never see each other. So, you know, I figure i got to get it to you while we're actually on the radio with uh, the public listening. Oh, my I do goodness. remember that conversation. Dave Pash was adamant that you do want this guy on your team if you can get him. And yes. Look, Dave, I mean, yesterday, it was funny. You guys, you guys mentioned this at the end of the game, and I and, you know, Kevin Durant's a player I've watched a lot through his career. Like, he's just somebody I've always – but I I had totally just overlooked the fact that he's the best free-throw shooter in the NBA, too. And you guys threw that out there at the end of the game. He was hitting clutch free-throws. And it's like, oh, yeah, there's another reason to have this guy on your team. You know, the, I think the thing that, that's, again, the most interesting is just what is going on inside that locker room and how players are reacting to Kevin Durant. So, like, we were told DeAndre Ayton – you know, his knee, he hurt his knee on Friday. Like, he didn't want to let Kevin Durant down. He played yesterday. He wasn't 100%, but, like, he – Durant has just brought a new level of mm. um, want to, for lack of a better term. It's I, – I think so many people respect him for what he's done. And then, you know, we talked about the fact – I mentioned this, too, when I was on with you guys last week, and this is a – this is how Monty Williams phrased it. Like, when Kevin Durant does drills, it's life and death. And so, you know, you think you work hard and then you see this guy and you're like, okay, uh, I really don't know what work is when, until you, when you're watching Kevin Durant get after it. And I think that has already transformed what was a very good culture. When you have Durant and Chris Paul and Devin Booker, who have accomplished a lot in this league, setting the tone, other guys fall in line and... It, it makes for great things. That's why you get a chance to win a championship. No doubt, David. There was a lot of star power out on the floor yesterday, of course, with Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, KD, of course. But the stat you threw out that really blew me away, there were 70 points scored in the third quarter, and those four guys had 55 of them. <laughs> <laughs> David, I mean, who was the best superstar on the floor yesterday? Oh, man. Well, Wolf, it's why you love the NBA, right? I yeah. mean, just, you're going to see something you've probably never seen before to have that kind of star power out there. Um, I, I think, again, just the way Kevin Durant lets the game come to him. Mm. It's very different than Luka and Kyrie. Um, you watch them, and they're definitely forcing things. And that, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Um, but Kevin Durant doesn't do that. 
I mean, look at his efficiency numbers in his first three games. He's not forcing it. There were times where, you know, he was looking for a shot and other times he was deferring. And he was really the one of the four guys that did that the most. And that's really what stands out to me watching Durant. And uh, again, I think what makes him unique as a superstar. Dave Pass joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. All right, Dave, the uh, the confrontation there at the very end of the game between Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. I, I for one, if these guys don't like each other when they're on the floor, I like that. I, I don't I don't think that's a bad thing for the sport. Uh, and maybe that's not what's actually going on. But what was the the vibe in that building when that happened? Yeah, I, it, it felt like I, don't, I think Luka was probably frustrated with missing the shot, and so. With Devin Booker looking at Eric Lewis, you know, we showed the replay. You could tell he wasn't looking at Luka, but it was hard to tell if he was still talking to Luka. <laughs> he definitely was talking about Luka, so Doncic didn't like that. But but they both were smiling when they were kind of face-to-face, so you never felt like a brawl was going to break out. You know, it just yeah. didn't have that vibe. Uh, you, you weren't dealing with, you know, two enforcers. So it just it, it never felt like it got to the point where it was as heated as maybe it looked on TV. Um, but I, you know, I just didn't understand why Luca responded the way he did. I don't think Devin Booker was, you know, swearing. I don't. I don't think. Um, again, it was hard to hear everything with how loud it was. And again, looking at the replay, it just didn't seem like. I think it was more about what happened prior to that with Doncic missing the shot and him just being frustrated over that. So, David, as you look at the Phoenix Suns right now, I know it's only three games, and it's very, very difficult to make any type of um, conclusion based on three games. But as you start to see this team, what do you think might be an issue with them going forward? Is it, what is it? Well, if I think it could be a third score. You know, you, you saw Monty Williams at the end of the third quarter put in a couple of guys that had not played uh, or hadn't played a lot. And, you know, Ish Wainwright made a couple of big shots. Torrey Craig, uh, I think, it, you know, he was trying to find uh, another guy. Um, and I, I'm not sure that, you know, when guys are playing, you know, your starters are playing more minutes in the playoffs, your rotation is shortened, how often you can do that. And Chris Paul hit a couple of big shots in the fourth. Um, DeAndre Ayton made some great plays early on, but really offensively didn't do much the rest of the game. He had a great game in the glass, but... That, that to me, would be a little bit of a concern is, is there a third score when you're playing, if you, you, know, if you get to the finals, let's mm-hmm. say, and you play Milwaukee? You know, they've got three guys and probably more than three. I think Milwaukee's loaded. Um, but certainly three guys with a healthy Middleton, Holiday, and obviously Giannis. And in the West, I think there are a couple other teams that, that potentially have three guys that you would have to worry about. So... You know, maybe it's a rotation thing. Maybe one night that third score is going to be Chris Paul. Maybe the next night it's Aiton. Or like yesterday, it's somebody off the bench late in the game who hasn't played. Um, but that that's really the one thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, other than that, I mean, they, they look so connected, guys, defensively. And obviously with the star power they have and the chemistry they have and the coaching, I think Phoenix is in really good shape. Dave Pass joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Dave, we were talking about this earlier. It, it felt like for the last 10 months, Dallas maybe had figured the Suns out, and that all went out the window when, when the Suns added Kevin Durant and changed things, and obviously Dallas added Kyrie too. But the one thing that was a little concerning yesterday, and I don't, I don't blame them, but 
you know, Luca Luca had 19 free throw attempts and was complaining after every play where he didn't get a free throw attempt. That's not my concern. My concern is does does it seem like that is still something that gets under the Suns' skin because it seems like Luca is one of the few players in this league that could kind of get them rattled just by making them angry. I don't know. You know, we didn't spend a whole t- a lot of time talking about. You know, we we mentioned obviously the postseason and talked a little bit about the regular season series, but more along the lines of from a tiebreaker standpoint, not really, uh, you know, the the history. It it does feel like, you know, there still is some bad blood and and, and a bit of a rivalry, but, and so many pieces have changed. I'm not sure if they meet in the playoffs that really any of that matters. You know, Luca, you know, look, that, you know, I have done a lot of games that Luka Doncic has done, has played in, and I mean, he does it every game. He's always talking to the officials. I'm sure you guys see some of it, but not all of it, uh, because some of it obviously isn't on camera and it's away from the ball. I mean, he's doing it constantly. Um, and look, he's good at getting to the foul line. He is. I mean, he's strong. He's powerful. He's smart. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that you know Phoenix is the only team that's that's going to. I guarantee you the game plan for every team that Dallas plays is not to put Luke on the line, I guess is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Right, yeah, right. Dave, great stuff as Thank always, you, man. David. Thank you for the time. Yep, love you, Wolf. Okay, See you guys. You, buddy. <laughs> Take care. Dave Pash, uh, they were great on the call yesterday. That was that was a fun game to watch and uh, and listen to, but those guys, they had it. They had it a lot more under control than the officials did. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, no, he's so good. Yeah. The best in the business for my mind. You're talking about Dave Pash, yes. not Luca, just to be clear. All right, uh, win lower-level tickets to see Kevin Durant's first home game as a son. That is coming up in two days. So just text KD to 620-620 and enter for your chance to win lower-level tickets to see the Suns play the Thunder this Wednesday. you also get two Kevin Durant jerseys. So text KD to 620-620. Now, when we come back, this is the bad side of basketball over the weekend. ASU is now on the outside looking in for the NCAA tournament. What exactly do they have to do in the Pac-12 tournament to flip that script? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf, here we go. It's been all fun and games all morning. <laughs> it's going to be fun and games for the rest of the show, too. <laughs> However. This is this is where Luke gets really, really weird right now. Because it's that they keep doing this. What, what, who? What are you talking about, Luke? ASU basketball. They, oh, they will pull you in. And what did they start this season? 15 and 3, right? They were 15 and 3 to yeah. start this season. Okay. And since then, they're five and eight. They're five and eight right there. And and so when you kind of get to that point, you're fifteen and three. You lose four in a row. It starts with a close game against UCLA that ends up being a twelve point loss. But that was a close game against UCLA back on January nineteenth, not the one last week. And you lose four in a row, and it's like, all right, here we go, same old ASU, right? But then they start stacking some wins again, and they end up winning five of seven, and the fifth one is a win over U of A in Tucson. And I know no. U of A fans will be like, well, that was a lucky shot. It's great. The game was close, and it came down. Like, ASU played right with U of A, who was one of the best teams in college basketball. They really played right with them twice this season. Yes. So they won the game, and then they proceed to lose to UCLA. Fine. UCLA's number four in the country. Fine. <laughs> and then to lose to USC in I a game know, that right. was a three-point loss that looked a lot worse. And now yep. 
You better start winning games or you're not even making March Madness. Yeah, that's exactly right. They're in trouble right now. How far do you think they have to go in the tournament? The tournament starts this Wednesday. Ron Wolfley reporting. It's in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, look at you reporting way. all these different stories. You might want to go to Circa Resort and Casino, yes. and that's not Paola. No, no, it's just good advice. Honestly. Right, exactly. Thank you. Uh I th- I thought going into that UCLA USC stretch that they needed to win one of those games that would keep you top four in the Pac-12 probably and then win one game in the tournament yes because then then you're in the the Pac-12 semis basically now I think you have to win at least two and I'm not you have to win two and then it's in the hands of the selection committee who doesn't give you any favors because you're not a traditional powerhouse. It's just so, it's so odd. I love Bobby Hurley as a coach. Anyone that has listened to me over the last two decades, you know I love Bobby Hurley as a coach. Um, It's just this season in particular is really, really rough. And it's rough because of the start that they did have. Now, most... Most schedules, I would say, for a lot of teams gets a little tougher once conference play begins, of course. That typically is the way that it is, especially yeah. if you're in the Pac-12, of course. So um, I want to give them a little bit of leeway here, but consistency is what good and great teams try to bring to their sport. Never forget that, Basin audience. It's always about consistency. Good teams are consistently good, and great teams are consistently great. The difference between good and great, of course, is how often you can bring that talent to bear down on somebody else's head, your opponent's head. And that's where it's always been an issue. It's always been an issue for Bobby Hurley, and it's always been an issue for ASU, the talent level. Well, and to be fair, outside of the true powerhouse programs, it, it that's college basketball, right? I mean, these guys just aren't all that consistent unless you're talking about, you know, Duke or North Carolina or Kansas. Yeah, but, you know, but, we're, we're even talking about the NCAA tournament and the selection committee and yeah. <laughs> winning enough games and doing it where you're impressing them enough to actually get in on a yearly basis. Yeah, and, and I hate the fact that it's it's now no matter what, unless you win the Pac-12 tournament. You're, if you're an ASU fan, you're going to be watching Selection Sunday. Like, I, I mean, if maybe they win a couple games in the tournament, in the Pac-12 tournament, you're like, I, okay, they should be in. I think they're in, but you're not going to know now. Whereas if they had just beaten USC, you probably are in if you win one game in the Pac-12 tournament, and you were going to have yeah. a first round bye. Like, and now you've put yourself in the spot. I'm looking at Lenardi's bracketology, and he has ASU as the first of the first four out. So that's fun. <laughs> Wow. So, you talk about bubbles. Yeah. I mean, just at the very uh, – bubbles don't have tips, do they? But, like, at the very top of the bubble, but on the wrong side. I love this. <laughs> it's just the – I feel like they're here every year now. I think I think you're right in regard to what they have to do, by the way, in this tournament. It's going to be fascinating. Um, could you see them beating Oregon State on Wednesday night? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're going to be sitting there thinking uh, they're probably going to play USC, as a matter of fact. Yeah. That's what it's going to be, USC. And that second game, how fitting would that be to suddenly win that neutral side game? Well, and that would be huge. But now USC, I think, is in. So it's not like you're knocking them off the bubble. Um, 
Look, you ask if, if yeah, but I, you can only play who you got to play. Well, no, but and I, that might be an, an impressive enough win for the committee. That's no, that's a hundred percent. But you know, there was a time a week ago where it felt like maybe the roles would be reversed, and and USC was trying to get in, and so if you beat them, you would basically eliminate them and put yourselves in. Now it's now it's flipped. You ask if I think ASU could beat Oregon State? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, ASU could beat. Kansas, or they could lose to Tarleton. Like that's that's ASU, man. They could lose to San Francisco by thirty-seven, or they could beat U of A in Tucson. That those two things have actually happened this season. The range of what they could do, it is not the definition of consistency. No, it is not, and that's the reason why. I mean, it's always fascinating, especially in the NCAA tournament. We all know the Cinderella and the slipper, of course, but. Are you going to have upsets? Um, of course you will. You're going to have upsets in the tournament, but you're also going to have upsets all year long for the most part. Of course that's going to be the case. But over time, provided you have the talent, that consistency in competition is what wins. That is the difference right there. And it's not just that. Talent may get sidetracked, based on earnings from time to time because of human brains. Talent will also tune out coaches from time to time. And, you know, it's so, it's so difficult. I have no idea if this is what has happened to Bobby Hurley at all. I do know Bobby Hurley is a, is a hard coach. Bobby Hurley is a guy that enjoys coaching hard. And I love him for that. I love him because you know me. I, for me, being coached hard, I responded to that. I love that. Even to this day, I hear a coach base and Onions get on somebody out there, and that to me, it's like a warm blanket on a cold winter's night. And the reason why I say that is because it helped me so much. And I know if a guy is coaching somebody hard, if he's riding them and coaching them hard, you know what it's telling me? That coach believes that kid has a chance to do something. Otherwise, he wouldn't waste his breath. He would not do it. And uh, Bobby Hurley coaches hard. I just wonder if some of the guys, some of the human brains that he brings in, tune him out at some point in time because he does coach hard. That is always the concern you'll have if you don't have the right guys in that locker room with a guy that coaches hard. Well, and, and the thing with Hurley, too, that I know, I know, I mean, if you're a fan, you get frustrated sometimes. I, I will just throw this out there for perspective. When Bobby Hurley took over in 2015, ASU had been to the NCAA tournament three times since 1995. Okay, so three times in the previous 20 years. Like, you make the NIT sometimes, but NCAA tournament three times since 1995. He's been here. This is his seventh year. They should already have been there three times. They were obviously going when when uh, when COVID and all that stuff happened. Yeah. So that would have been three straight years they made it. Now, they're not making deep runs, but they they are at least now continually around it and they're around it again this year it's just it goes back to when you start 15 and 3 and then you you pick yourself up after starting to fall apart and you win 5 of 7 and one of those is over U of A in Tucson you would think okay they've turned the corner at least sure. enough where they're going to split these last two games or whatever and i know it's tough and one of them's UCLA but i am looking at the bracket though and i don't think they have to win the Pac12 tournament to get in because their first if they 
beat Oregon State, if they lose to Oregon State, I think they're screwed. They got to beat Oregon State. Yes. Uh, I think you have to probably beat USC too to feel like, okay, you're back in. And then if you beat, you're probably going to play U of A at that point. If you beat them again, you're in, whether you win the championship game or not. You know, honestly, uh, with a record and with that huge win over U of A, um, you have to wonder, could it possibly be a situation where the Sun Devils just have to show, show out in that game? Just show well, like they were capable, like they could have won that game, have a chance, compete, in other words. It would be the third straight time this season you played U of A close in this scenario, and you'd be 22-12 and 12 at the end. I think that would probably get them in. Right. But a week ago, it was like, hey, they just show up these last couple games, and they're going to get in. And now here we are again, back on the bubble. All right, uh, when we come back to the Suns and Mavericks have a legit old-school rivalry going on. Two of their players seem to. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.